DJ Tens of thousands on my right, thousands by my side War between good and evil, watching our fists collide Battle for our freedom now, to the streets we ride Flags waving all around, pages full of pride This is where we make a stand, no more give or take They want to use violence on Americans We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace Enough with tyranny We come to take our country back For all citizens White, red, brown, or black Return it to a form of glory Fix the bloody crack On the crown Fetch it down It's going down She warned me that this day would come I'm like my father, go to combat with the blazing guns I survived that, then I came back, took the place I'm from To face off all these haters and the battle in the place I love You can't break me down, I'm indivisible You still see my raps if I was invisible That pepper spray tastes like chicken Even right. here, where I was at there was black mold on the walls by the vent. It's just a shitty condition. I was throwing solitary. They were saying I was going to be transferred to D.C., that I wasn't going to be there too long. And that's when my attorney came through, had the hearing, and thank God it was a local judge. They were asking for home confinement if I were to be released, and that judge was actually see the difference between the judges here in Florida and up there north. He said, well, this guy served this country honorably, uh, never been in trouble with the law, and I don't think he's a flight risk or a threat. And he has ties in the community, and therefore, I didn't even have the ankle monitor. It was about six weeks later that I had that hearing in D.C. That's when Judge uh, Chief Justice Howe is the one that sat in, not even a magistrate judge sat in on my hearing, and actually said I was a threat to society and brought up for me being a veteran which I don't understand how me being a veteran is a threat to society. It should be the opposite. Uh, I think a lot of this is going to be one at the appellate level, not here, not locally at the district of D.C., even though the appellate is in the same building, but it's going to be one there. And that's where a lot of our fights will. That's why it's good to put in all these motions and make sure you... How did we get to a point in America where veterans are seen as a threat? Really, I see it as they see veterans as a threat because we understand the Constitution. We understand the tenets of liberty and freedom. And then we also understand the price it has taken to preserve it. And that makes us a threat to anyone that wants to usurp our country and her glory. Today we're going to speak with a man that understands the Constitution deep within his soul because of the service that he has given to our nation. And as you've just heard, they deem him a threat. 
simply because they want to destroy freedom. All right, fans, friends, family, patriots, I am here with a true warrior, a true soldier, and a true American patriot that is being ramrodded by the federal government, Captain Gabriel Garcia. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, Pi. Honor to be here. Uh, the, the honor's all ours, sir. You are just an amazing person and an amazing soul, and uh, we're, we're glad to have you on here. It's been a long time coming. I've, I've known you for quite some time, and see the amazing work that you're doing in the, the fight for true justice here in America uh, for our January 6th inmates, defendants, and their families. So hat tip to you, sir. Uh, for my audience to kind of give them a little background of who you are and, and what you've been doing, um, give us a little little insight. Who is Captain Gabriel Garcia? Sure. I'll start off with how I ended up in this wonderful country. My grandparents fled from Cuba, communism socialism that does not work anywhere across the world and came to this great nation and once uh finished up with high school decided to join the military the army and ever since that i served my country to about 2018 when i retired and continue to serve as whatever capacity i can i ran for state representative in 2020 here in the great state of florida and now as you know fighting with the justice system, the two-tier justice system, what they're doing is completely bogus against the J6ers. And you could go back to 2020 Summer of Love where I've done some of these research. Civil disorder has been tossed out like nothing for 15 different cases in Portland for trying to burn down the courthouse, as well as uh, many other issues I've seen. Even look what they're doing to President Trump just this past uh, couple of days. It's disgusting. Is sickening and quite frankly I'm I'm tired of seeing it this double standard uh, look what happened in Tennessee in the Capitol they went inside the Capitol building for Tennessee and the state of Tennessee and no repercussions they just let people do whatever they want no obstruction of justice there no civil disorder no major arrest and I'm still waiting for the people of summer love to have the feds go knocking the door with uh, ACOGs, red dots pointed at their chest, have their kids taken out, and and just having a, a bad sentiment on what this justice system has done. It's, it's definitely one-sided. You know, the summer of love, the people that were actually arrested, whenever they went to federal court, the judge let them off with a slap on the wrist and said they were just letting off steam. So, you know, apparently they let off steam with Molotov cocktails and uh, destroying entire neighborhoods and taking over cities, running the police out of town, which is disgusting. And then, you know, just recently, we, like you said, in Tennessee, they they stormed different Capitol buildings and uh, Texas. And, too. And, yeah, several different states and, you know, were violent, attacking police and doing things that nobody in January 6th would have even thought about doing. But yet they're led away and nothing happens to them but you know grandma went to the capitol and said the pledge of allegiance and prayed a little bit and now she's a domestic terrorist so mm-hmm. you are uh you know you're you're definitely preaching truth right there but it is a absolute travesty what has been happening in to our nation now 
let us know how did you get into the whole January 6th debacle um like why did you go down to DC to begin with well our president uh, called on us to go to DC support uh, there was going to be the rally stop the steal and I wanted to hear him speak possibly the last time as president and decided to go over there I I didn't even know the tell you the truth the electoral college full count was happening that on January 6th in the capital and just like so many people there was no plan it was sporadic in the moment and people just started marching over once Trump said you know they're uh, we need to go to the Capitol and peacefully and have our voices and our grievances heard. And and I ended up going to the Capitol right after that. Uh, went in by an open door by myself. Even, uh, I'm sure you've seen video, I offered one of the Capitol Police officers water. And the government apparently made me sign kind of like a non-disclosure agreement like they have with so many of us that I can't show the other video from the CCTV they gave me when I'm in the rotunda I'm in there about 7 minutes 38 seconds sitting down waiting for the doors to open before I could walk out a group of people came over said a prayer and there's a reason I guess the government doesn't want me showing that video even though it's in a tourist area it's the rotunda it's going to make the narrative look bad so I can even share that and I'm still waiting on more evidence that I've requested like so many other people especially the videos uh, with so many people infiltrated that day, such as uh, those three cops that you've seen on plain clothes uh, came out about, I think, a week ago. They all had the special band that they were wearing, part of the electronic surveillance unit that was out there. It was a whole platoon, meaning more than about 30 people that were embedded with Trump supporters that day. If those three uh, people did that, imagine the other 27. I want to know what they were doing. Yeah, and the special band you talk about is a uh, a blue wristband, like Correct. a deep blue wristband, to signify to others that you know they were embedded police. And the videos, uh, if my audience hasn't seen it, they are telling the crowd to go, move forward, to go in the Capitol, and keep moving, keep moving, and you know, and inciting what they're now trying to charge all of us with. Um, on that, let me take a quick step back. Uh, what have you been charged with? I've been charged with two felonies and four misdemeanors. The two felonies are obstruction of justice, the 1512, which is right now up for up at the appellate courts under further review. And then I have the civil disorder and then the four misdemeanors that everyone pretty much has the picketing, parading, going into a Capitol uh, building, going into a government building. It's kind of redundant the way it sounds. And it sounds like it's being charged twice on two of these charges. But either way, that's what I'm charged with. Four misdemeanors and two felonies. And with the, the one that sounds redundant, have you um, have your attorneys filed a motion of multiplicity? Yes, we have. Uh, came back and said, no, it wasn't. And pretty much everything you file here, if you notice, uh, they're going to side with the government. Uh, pretty much you can win anything with with these judges even though you show proof for example the change of venue that i presented almost a year and a half ago i gave them the facts the numbers even hired a liberal company that did the research and said there's no way uh, i could receive a fair trial there based off the answers that people were giving 
and judge pretty much took her time to answer it and pretty much came back and said nope have to have the trial here in dc and that's the the same story in my case you know i filed motions for multiplicity for change of venue for all kinds of stuff we actually filed like 13 or 14 separate motions and every single one of them were shot down but yeah. every motion that the government put forward they they granted it um yeah. that's all yeah, it is there, there is definitely some sort of bias within the judiciary um so you did go into the building uh obviously you you were not violent because there's video evidence to show not uh, at all right what you did you went in and you basically did sightseeing and and used your first amendment right to exercise free speech and to peaceably assemble um were you witness to anything um nefarious that day well i got there a little bit later i walked in around 218 i believe through an open door on the on the east side terrace and when i walked in i didn't see any violence anything at all the only thing i did experience towards the end i had to take off my shirt i got pepper sprayed by this capitol police that just started spraying everybody even though i was sitting there it doesn't matter they just came in and started spraying people trying to get people out as a lot of people were actually waiting for the doors to open to get out and other than that once i was inside i didn't experience even in the outside because i went in like i said i showed up a little bit later uh didn't experience capitol police being violent towards me or people being violent towards the capitol police the the time i was there well that's uh you're definitely one of the lucky ones right i unfortunately saw uh, folks in the crowd trying to incite violence um, some people being violent as nowhere near as bad as what the news makes it out to be like people just kind of pushing against the police line but then the capitol police just being completely brutal um I actually witnessed them tear gassing an elderly woman and a young child, uh, beating people with nightsticks and, oh. and pepper spray and shooting them with pepper balls. I got shot with pepper balls and I got hit in the back of the head with some sort of projectile. I don't know if it was a rubber bullet or a beanbag or whatever, because I was blinded by pepper spray. But all I know is it, it knocked me silly and hurt a lot. Um, yeah, I saw it on the news afterwards that night and I was like, wow, uh, um, lucky the area went in by and thank god didn't experience that or or saw anybody committing violence towards capitol police or either way all i got was pepper spray towards the end waiting for the doors to open that's definitely a blessing so you went up through the um you said the upper east terrace um so that was the were you on the the northern or southern side the the senate wing or the house side uh, tell you the truth, I, I don't even know myself. I just know I went in, uh, and my attorney told me about a year ago, and I try not to even remember, and and I should because I have trial coming up here in August. But I think it was more uh, by the Senate side where I was at. Okay, so that would be the the northern wing. The northern wing, correct. Well, yeah, I was on the western terrace, but the northern side for this the Senate wing. Um, so we were on the opposite sides of the building there. Um, so after the Capitol, um, I assume you went back home to Florida? The following day, uh, as soon as I got out of the Capitol, I actually walked back to my hotel, which was close to a mile. 
obviously there was no Uber or anything that day. And right the next day, I just flew out. Didn't think anything of it. Thought, okay, it was a protest. They're probably going to go after agitators that I saw on the news, the way the news portrayed it. And I was thinking, all right, nothing of it. And then about eight days later, about 5.45, I'm getting that hit in the door. And I think it was a flash grenade what they use. And then once I come, I got up, I have the three laser dots pointed right at my chest. Told to turn around, handcuffed. And here's the messed up part. They faced facial recognition of my phone that was next to my nightstand against my face to open the phone and didn't give me a copy of the warrant. They left it on my night table. So when I was released about three and a half days later, I read the warrant and told my attorney, hey, it says here they can't use my face recognition unless I voluntarily give that to them or fingerprints. And the way they did it was illegal. And and once again, you, you know, the courts ain't gonna care. They're not gonna do anything with that motion even though it was illegal the way they got my phone to open. Yeah, they just kind of write the rules as they go, huh? And nothing is going to come of it in the court. Um, nope. There's been cases where the FBI got caught red-handed planting evidence on somebody. Uh, Jeremy Brown, you know, they, they yep. planted a CD that supposedly had four classified documents on it. And, you know, they nothing happened with his case. He was still found guilty. I mean, granted, they didn't find him guilty for the CD, but just the sheer fact that the FBI is planting evidence, his case should have been thrown out, but they, they don't. They just give them a pass to do whatever they wish. Um, whenever you were arrested, uh, were you taken to a U.S. Marshal's office or like, how did that play out? No, well, that's the thing. So they told me we have two options here. You could go up to, uh, I believe it's Miramar here in Florida, the FBI headquarters. Uh, they wanted to just get more information. And I told them, look, I'll, I'll talk to you. I have nothing to hide but I wanted my attorney present. And they told me, well, uh, you could call on the way over there. Uh, uh, one of the guys, one of the marshals actually served in the army. Uh, um, I mean, uh, one of the feds. And he's like, here, make that phone call. So I called uh, a friend of mine that works with, with attorneys and asked to have an attorney. But it was so fast. They're like, hey, you got five minutes. Uh, didn't happen on time and they said last chance you could either have a hot cup of coffee or probably some uh, some uh, bologna sandwich for lunch you make the call and I said well I'm gonna have to wait for my attorney and they used that as a scare tactic took me straight to the Miami Federal Prison here in Miami Florida wow no I, I take and paid a little bit of attention to your case uh, there's something interesting about your arrest about who was involved do you oh, want to yeah. elaborate on that absolutely i actually when i saw the arrest uh, record because i did research on my own it wasn't information given to me they actually had a motion where where i had a uh, prosecutor asking the judge to to pretty much find me guilty of sharing information from my case but kind of find out the judge saw that this paper was not given to me i actually went and got on my own and she just said to to go ahead and scratch out any of the names or information on these guys which i did i redacted it and posted it out there so apparently there was a guy with this task force that was with department of defense uh with the army and i've been out of the army uh 
almost four years when they went to my house. I'm sorry, about three and a half years. And there's no need for that. If I'm just a civilian, I'm not in the reserves, uh, why do we have uh, troops going into a house here in the United States, a civilian's house? And it's not authorized by Congress. And they probably will try to use the loophole of being a joint task force. Correct. That's what they said. Correct. That's absolutely correct. What they told my attorney that it's a joint task force. Therefore, they could do it. And he was uh, one of the main ones involved to include uh, Secret Service. Oh, so you had DOD and Secret Service as well as FBI agents. Yes. And then I had a guy from ATF as well asking questions. The only thing I was missing was the IRS there. Wow. And see, having DOD present, I mean, typically you would think that's a violation of posse commentatus. But uh, I guess they have their loopholes. And, you know, hopefully you can bring that up in court. Um, Our rights are being violated uh, nonstop. And they basically just do whatever they want, carte blanche. And uh, yeah, we're definitely hoping and praying for you in your your case in your trial, um, because your your story is extremely compelling. And I know you're you're being very humble as to what happened and how things have transpired for you. Um, but just so you know, and I, I know you know this because I've I've talked to you quite often that you know we're out here fighting and yelling and, and from the rooftops for you and trying to to share that info and and we're all in this this fight together to share that information to educate the rest of america as to what's going on with these injustices correct and that's exactly what it is an injustice uh, all the way from the very top to the very bottom uh you have hunter biden laptops and you had uh hillary clinton with their server in the basement and trump pays a hooker apparently and all of a sudden they indict him and once again to compare apples to apples you got uh the summer of love burning of police officers cars 20 billion dollars in damage by insurance companies that have that those numbers is not a number i just pulled out of my out of my ass and then you have uh over 20 cities that were destroyed by by the so-called blm movement and you got the left praising these people look at kamala harris when she said get out there um, protests. You have Maxine Waters, I think, was the other one. Uh, get in their face, uh, promoting violence as well. And then you have Kamala Harris again, saying that we were worse than Pearl Harbor 9/11. I don't know where the hell she got that from, because that's an insult. Absolutely. And um, you know, as a man that that served for our nation um, honorably, first I want to say thank you for your service. Thank you. I, I served as well in the Navy. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> Thanks for your service um, as well. My pleasure. Uh, but when they compared January 6th to 9-11, that was a slap. I immediately, yeah, it was a slap in the face for sure. And I immediately thought of the over 3,000 people that died on 9-11 and the over 10,000 troops that died in the conflicts that resulted after that of Afghanistan and Iraq. And you know, we fought terrorism overseas and then come home to be labeled one by an illegitimate establishment. That's my opinion. And I can't even wrap my head around it. You know, it, it is beyond a slap in the face there. It is. You know what it is to travel and I got to go through TSA screening, extra screening every time. And like I tell people, I'm one of the first person that if you know me, I'll jump up and 
and stop anybody that's going to try to bring a plane down. And to be treated in such a way is disgusting, horrible. Never been in trouble with the law. Three speeding tickets probably my whole life and held a top secret clearance. And what they're doing is just complete garbage injustice, two-tier justice system. That's bringing your country down and we continue to let it happen. Uh, starting with Republicans, or uh, the majority of them are I'm not, uh, probably upset some of your fans out there, but they're cowards. No spine. Um, get up there, you know. You should stand up for J6ers. And we we stand up for you guys and now pretty much led us to to rot in the prison cells. Now my audience is tough and they understand the facts don't care about your feelings. And when these spineless and feckless politicians use the tragedy of the January 6th inmates and the defendants for their own benefit or they sit on their hands and don't do anything, you know, that it, it's absolutely disgusting. And, you know, I, I do the whole sing for freedom thing, asking America to sing the national anthem to stand in solidarity with our January 6th inmates. Well, the last three months, uh, whenever I do shows or like podcasts on my own, of um, trying to promote my own case as well as everybody else and, and promote the fight for January 6th uh, defendants and their families, I have been telling um, in my in the interviews that I do, I look right in the camera and I say to every elected politician from now on and every time that you hear the national anthem, I want you to understand that that is a protest for your inaction because these men and women have been suffering in prisons or on home arrest like yourself and electronic tethering, etc for over two years and nobody has done anything you know politicians will scream from the rooftops like oh i visited the jail once and it's bad but then nothing happens and they get all of this glorification and they get all these points towards them but it's the men and women that spoke up for freedom that were not violent that did not do anything wrong that day but they're still suffering and nothing's being done for them and so for folks like yourself, you know, you're on house arrest, but you're still out here being loud and bold and fighting to, to, you know, defeat the narrative of lies that we're being told and to bring awareness to the injustices that they're going through. You know, I, I can't commend you enough, sir. You're truly an American hero. You've spent your life serving this nation and continue to do so to this day. Thank you. And with that being said, uh, I'm not caving into the pressure of I know at sentencing, for example, a lot of these judges keep saying, do you still believe the the elections were stolen? This was a fallacy that you're chasing a dream down a rabbit hole. And I keep hearing this over and over. At the end of the day, this is still America. We're entitled to our opinion, whether that election was stolen or not. It's my opinion. I could say what I want. And if there's something wrong with that, then we might as well just pack our bags and start a new life somewhere else because this is coming to an end the, the way things are going it's it's bad yeah unfortunately it is and i can commend you for that as well to speak truth to power that takes a lot of guts and courage and you know i'm i'm the same way uh they offered me a plea deal and i very politely told them where they could stick it yep. and i I'm not going to back down. You know, I, I see this as our Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. And I bow to no man. I bow to God only. And I'm definitely not going to bow to tyranny. Yep. So Safe whenever thought. they ask. 
yeah, I was just gonna say the same thought process here, and, and I know you'll do the same when when you go up in front of that judge. And it's okay to have difference of opinions. I'll do it very respectfully. I'm not gonna dis disrespect anybody, but it's my opinion. And and the day, like I said, if I have to be quiet and give my opinion and be prosecuted also just for my way of thinking, then might as well just pack my bags and with my family have them go back to Cuba because this is headed just in the same direction. And it's very unfortunate that we can actually be prosecuted for thought crimes now because of the state of our justice system. Yeah. Uh, when you were um, arrested, obviously you were given bond, uh, you were awarded a personal recognizance bond. Since then, you have been putting the fight to the justice system. Uh, you care to elaborate on some of the things that you have used and done to help fight against this injustice and maybe things that you've brought to the attention of the public? Sure. The first thing I did was the change of venue. Um, I sold my business, spent about close to 17000 on the on doing that uh, research, the polling, where they call different over a thousand people. I think the sample was in D.C. to get their opinion. Uh, for example, one of the questions is, if you were just standing in the Capitol grounds that day, should you be found guilty of insurrection? And I think it was like 93% of the people said yes. That right there tells you you're not going to have no trial by your peers like you should have under the Constitution. And at the end of the day, even a, like I keep saying, even a ham sandwich will be indicted and prosecuted in, in those courtrooms. If the judges and and the AUSA keeps pushing the narrative, uh, the jurors are just going to eat it up and go with it. I've done, uh, for example, looking up research on PACER. I help people get on PACER, try to help with motions that my attorney has filed. I've helped him write up uh, some of the motions and ask for, for advice when looking at other cases as well as uh, if anybody has any questions or anything to do with January 6th as far as timeline I started researching the timeline putting it together uh, one of my main arguments that I brought up early on was how can one obstruct justice if the gravel was struck and they pretty much went into recess by the time I walked in so there was no justice I mean no obstruction to commit during that time that was another thing I've been arguing and so far has gone nowhere but the good news is it's up right now with the appellate court and that will impact over I believe 239 cases that are with that charge of obstruction of justice as well as whatever I could do reaching out to other J6ers uh, I have my chat too whenever I file motions I'll, I'll share with other people uh, they could share it as well I shared my uh, change of venue. Uh, anybody could have piggybacked off that for free. And whatever I can, I mean, I'm here. If somebody just wants to talk and have someone to talk to, I'm here for any any of you guys. Yeah, and a lot of the research that you've put out and uh, information you've put out in your uh, Telegram chat, I have been watching pretty closely and it's definitely appreciated. You've opened my eyes to a few things and uh, one argument I want to bring against the 1512C2 obstruction of an official proceeding charge is the fact that they didn't actually have quorum. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence stepped over the Constitution and did not allow enough senators and congressmen on the floor to actually hold an official proceeding. 
um, and they blamed it on COVID. But the Constitution doesn't have a pandemic clause. Correct. So the number of people that were required for them to hold what they would consider an official proceeding, they didn't have quorum. Therefore, it's not even an official proceeding to try to obstruct. And then, like you said, um, you showed up way after Congress and uh, the Senate have, quote unquote, evacuated the building. And like myself, I didn't show up until after 3, 3.30, somewhere around there, wow. long after everyone else is gone. But they still hit me with the 1512C2 charge. And um, in asking for you know dismissal on that uh, grounds, but they... here, here, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Here's the inconsistency I see with that. It's either everybody gets charged with it or no one gets charged with it. What's the difference between the guy to my left or right that that was there that day? And I'm not trying to hit up on that. I'm just trying to see the consistency of the law. Uh, what exactly promoted the government to say, hey, you know what? This guy had exactly 219 obstructed justice right here in this video. I want the proof. Show me how and why I obstructed justice. How, how did I actually obstruct justice during what time? Because I never went into no chambers, any of the offices or anything that was going to stop Congress from coming back. And I left way before the uh, Capitol Police was emptying out the, the Capitol. Exactly. And um, whenever I had brought forth the motion to dismiss that charge, um, the government stated that nearly merely my presence being there at the Capitol and I didn't even go into the building. I was outside on the Upper West Terrace um, speaking to the police line, saying that we're sticking up for your rights as well. And I was preaching no violence and taking weapons away from people that were trying to instigate the crowd and, you know, uh, trying to be part of the solution. But yet apparently my presence in that area is what they're citing is the obstruction of justice so it goes back to my my question doesn't that mean the presence of everybody there should be also with obstruction of justice and i'm not trying like i said i'm just playing devil advocate i'm not trying to say charge everybody that's not the case the what i'm trying to make is that these people just get to charge whatever the heck they want on whoever the hell they want there's no consistency that's the point absolutely. i'm trying to make yeah yeah absolutely and the 1512 is a it's a heavy charge i mean it, it is by itself holds 20 years and that's just ridiculous yeah, and i'm not taking the plea that they try to give me 42 months to 53 months for the obstruction of justice charge and another thing i've seen an inconsistency is i don't know if you noticed but just by going on pacer i've noticed some of these plea deals there's guys out there that have the exact same situation as us, the obstruction of justice, and then they end up with pleading to picketing and parading. How's that even possible? I, I told my attorney, hey, you know what? I want to get this over with, get back to my life. I'll plead to picketing and parading. So he tried to talk to the government to do that, and they said no. Yeah, when they, they offered me a plea deal, it was uh, 41 to 51 months plus $500,000 in fines. It, along with, uh, you know, several years of probation afterwards, and I'd have to be interviewed by the FBI. But there's one little part in there that, well, two parts, actually, that still just blow my mind. With the plea deal of the 41 to 51 months, it also has a clause in there saying that it's actually just up to the judge. So they could still send me to jail for 20 years, even if I took the plea deal, because it's the judge's discretion. Correct. And then on, on top of that, 
can uh, also appeal later on. That's another big yeah. Yeah, they'll take away my right to appeal, and and plus they said that I had to agree that all of the and, and state publicly that all of the government's information was correct, and that uh, you know every false narrative that they've been trying to push down our throats was uh, was accurate and. You know that hits against my religious tenets. I'm not going to plead guilty to something I didn't do. I'm not going to say that their lies are true, and and all of that. And so, everyone that takes a plea deal, they have to make those decisions on their own. And I don't judge anybody that does. Right. But in the same sense, I also understand that their cases are going to be used against anybody that goes to trial, and anybody that stands before the court and testifies that the government's information is correct can then be used as an argument to refute anybody that says that the government's information is inaccurate and so it makes it harder for anybody that goes to trial but again anybody that takes a plea you have to make those decisions on your own and no there's no judgment but we understand because of the force that the government is putting on every american that's involved in this it's an uphill battle every way. And if you're going to trial, that uphill battle is even harder because of the pressure that they've put on everyone else before you. That's correct. And and that's what they'll use against us saying, well, the 1512 has been already used several times. There's guys that have taken a plea on it. So it's going to be a little bit harder, even though it was meant for Enron when they were shredding all the paper and evidence that's more what it was for the government has take it out of context and use it for pretty much whatever they can to get the most out of the most years that they could get off any patriot that was there that day and one big argument they're using to defend the 1512c charge is they're saying because as you mentioned it was mentioned uh, or used against enron for their destruction of documents to uh in- obstruct an investigation by congress is that well the election ballots for the electoral college those are documents those are ballots you know and so therefore you are tampering with documents therefore obstructing the congressional proceeding yeah but you have to and, physically grab those documents and destroy them see what i'm saying if no documents are destroyed how are you going to be charged for something you didn't destroy no, oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm 100% on the same page with you. I think their argument is completely asinine. Uh, however, that is, uh, that's what they're saying. And so, you know, keep our fingers crossed and we pray that the appellate court can actually bring true justice in to get rid of this charge, because that would affect a lot of, of, of Americans and uh, their J6 cases. You know, I'm so glad that it finally made it to the appellate court. Um, unfortunately, the judge that I have is not on the side of the argument that it should be thrown out. She is all for it and has been arguing against uh, Judge Nichols, who is the one that brought the argument to the appellate. Correct. Yeah, uh, pretty much only one so far has had the guts to stand up and say, hey, this this doesn't read with what you're charging. And right, right now it's up for discussion and for them to write out whatever they want to write about it uh, that panel of judges that heard it December 12th and we're still in a waiting pattern hopefully it comes out soon I know you got trial coming up here in May correct yeah May 15th May 15th uh, hopefully in the next two weeks or so have some good news on that 
I hope it comes out soon. Yeah, hopefully, but I also understand that you know, this this is in God's hands, and it's uh, no matter how innocent one of you know we may be, um, it's not going to look good. You know, it's not going to bode well for us until the entire system can be fixed. You said you have trial in August. Um, Correct. Have you gone through a motions hearing or pre-trial or what's what's the status of your case right now? So right now, uh, I went to D.C. I had to go in person for the bond status hearing to see if they're going to revoke it. Um, so far, I have nothing else except August 3rd. I have to be in D.C. again in person to go over all the motions of the pre-trial hearing. And then I know March 23rd is my actual actual uh, trial date so then as of now I know there's a couple of things that are going to happen well, I'm sorry August 21st is actually my trial date uh, where they have to do the motions in line uh, I don't know if you've done that yet with your attorney and go over different things uh, different motions to dismiss again and over just I feel some of the stuff redundant that we've done already and preparation for trial and at the end of the day, it's going to lay in the hands of the of those jurors because I don't trust my judge. And look where I'm at. Um, house arrest because she thinks I made a mockery of going to CPAC, even though I was outside the District of Columbia. So just for a little clarification, part of your terms of release on the personal recognizance bond that you were awarded is that you're not allowed to visit the District of Columbia, which is the same that I have. Correct. Um, I'm Standard. not allowed in. Yeah, I'm not allowed in D.C. And CPAC was in Maryland. That's uh, correct. You know, and you went there to with permission to visit some trials. Correct. correct. That's correct. Uh, I went on Thursday. I got there late. That's another thing they, uh, the government actually asked, this will be down in history forever in court records. Uh, the government thinks that I went in Trump's plane. I actually went in an RV and the judge got upset at my attorney and said, answer the question. It's a yes or no question. Did he or did he not go in Trump's, uh, Trump's force one is what she called it. My attorney was like, no, that's ridiculous. You're getting information from a local newspaper here in my hometown that decided to write that story because I knew they were on my telegram so I put in some pictures of Trump's plane and they ate it up and went with the with the story some more fake news without even asking or finding sources for it so the judge believed the tabloid believed the tabloid and wow. yeah thought I went on Trump's plane and I lied on how I got there <laughs> she, she, yeah, it was the big trolling moment. She thought, uh, at the end of the day, that that I lied to the the court, lied to the pretrial officer. And the funny thing is, the right hand doesn't talk to the left hand because everybody knows I'm a, I wear ankle monitor, and they could see that that ankle monitor stopped pretty much in every Bucky's along the way to get coffee and going probably about 75, 80 miles per hour, <laughs> slow plane. If that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a slow plane. It'd probably fall out of the sky. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to bring up before I forget was there is a uh, precedence to this because I went in July to another trial for Bledsoe in D.C. And at nighttime, after I left the district, no issue with curfew because it says clearly from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, in the District of Columbia, it states it very clear. So I stayed across 
uh, the first time in Virginia and decided to go have dinner with some of the attorneys that my attorney was meeting up with and and walk around and no issues whatsoever when I went in July all of a sudden because of CPAC now it becomes a huge deal and that's what I'm talking about this pick and choose whatever the hell the, the courts want to to go against you well I had the, the pleasure of, of going to CPAC uh, a friend of mine um, offered me a, a pass to be able to go and, and visit and it was truly a wonderful experience I got to meet with several uh, representatives as well as some uh, bigger names and rub some elbows and you know I, I spoke to you on the phone and said since you're in the area you know you, if you wanted to come down you know that'd be great I'd like to meet you and uh, I had the honor of meeting you and you know I, I walked up as you were standing there talking to Brandy uh, Ireland and a couple other folks and I shook your hand and, and we got to meet and then I infamously said hey you want to take the obligatory selfie and we took a picture together and I posted that picture online and said, Hey, I had the honor of meeting a fellow J sixer, et cetera. And that was the picture that was blasted all over the place to smear you saying that you were cohorting with other January six defendants and visiting CPAC in violation of your terms, which, you know, I understand that it's not my picture that got you in, in trouble. It was the government trying to twist information and they would have tried to hem you up with anything. But you were actually at CPAC with your attorney, right? That's correct. Uh, another thing that that a lot of people don't know or the media, that my attorney was actually there to meet with another attorney that we sat down in the lobby for about three and a half hours or three hours with laptops open, going over different motions and different things to prepare for trial. And it says clearly, when I travel out to D.C., I could go in D.C. if I want to go to his office or he was in CPAC. So we just met there and sat down, drank some coffee and went over uh, some strategies. And there's nothing legal about that. And that was mentioned. You could easily grab the videos. I didn't have any pass to go to CPAC, by the way. I went CPAC ended every day, I believe, around five. I went usually around 3.30 the first day, I think, and 5. The, no, the first day was around 5. The next day was around 3, 3.30. And I was just there to try to meet some people uh, while I was waiting for the attorney to come out and got a chance to meet with Matt Gates, ask about the video, which is very important to us. And I don't see nothing wrong with me actually asking uh, my state congressman for exculpatory evidence that I could use probably in my case. I have the right to that. Yeah, but the government definitely fears anybody willing to fight against the narrative that they're trying to push. And you've been out there doing action and getting involved and, and boots to the ground. And, uh, you know, you're a force to be reckoned with, sir. They are definitely afraid of what you can bring to the table. And we, certainly wish the best for your trial and for your case. Um, you have brought forth a lot of legal precedent and a lot of legal fight that can help not only yourself, but also many other January 6th defendants um, to fight against this injustice that we're, we're witnessing in our country. And, you know, they want to try to find any possible reason they can to hem you up um, because of your visiting CPAC and the government requesting to uh, revoke your bond. You mentioned you have a, a bond hearing to go to um, to see if they're going to revoke. No, which... I already had it, and 
I had to go in person. That's when I flew with my attorney uh, last week on Monday. What came of that? Obviously, they didn't revoke your bond because you're no. free enough to speak with me. But uh, the house arrest because I didn't have house arrest before. I've had the ankle monitor pretty much for over two years now. But now I'm completely locked down in my house, except for food shopping or going to church. Pretty much uh, nothing else I could do. I've been destroyed in every way possible. And at the end of the day, um, like I said, I'm not going to be silent. I don't promote any violence. I just promote that the truth comes out and that's it. That's all I ask for. Let the truth be known and let America know what really happened that day and what's going on and help others as much as I can. Very sorry that you got put on house arrest and I'm glad they have not locked you up and I'm glad that it went as well as it did. Um, I'm sorry that I was involved even in the smallest way, but- Nope, not your fault at all. But if I had to do it again, I'll still do it again because I I did everything that was asked of me. I turned in my documents of where I was staying, my travel, my itinerary. If I know I was doing something wrong, I'm not going to put myself in jeopardy to risk my freedom. Oh, amen to that. And um, when I went into my motions hearing, the government requested that my bond be revoked because of my going to CPAC as well. You know, I had to inform the judge because the government said that CPAC was in D.C. And I had to inform the judge that it was not, that it was in Maryland and that I had stayed in Virginia, that I take my terms extremely seriously and did not violate them whatsoever. Um, She still reprimanded me in the court, um, saying that I should have notified my pre-trial service officer, um, the probation officer, I guess you could call it, that I have to report to uh, as part of my terms to let him know why uh, and where I was going. But with what I've been informed and what I was told, I have been awarded the free travel within the continental United States and have been told numerous times like, yeah, you don't just stay out of DC. You don't have to tell us where you're going. Cause my job, I'm, I travel all right. over the U S I'll, I'll be in Michigan one week. I'll be in Kentucky the next week. I'll be in Pennsylvania or Ohio, or, you know, they, they send me all over the place and, you know, I follow through with every term that they give me. Um, and I follow it to a T Absolutely. My, probation, my probation officer has actually thanked me for making it a priority. Uh, so whenever he says, hey, you need to come give a UA, I would drive nine hours from Michigan to go urinate in a cup and then go right back to work um, with no questions asked. So they want to try to find any way that they possibly can to smear us. And um, I'm glad that it's worked out as well as it had, as it had for you. Uh, but again, I'm sorry that they still kind of threw the hammer down on you. And um, Yeah, I just see it could have been a lot worse. Uh, also, they could have given me a gag order because they know I'm very open uh, about uh, putting out information and doing research so at least I got that uh, out the way with no gag order and at the end of the day my trial is coming up here pretty soon and now I just spend my time reading even more Uh, just a little background on me I didn't say I I went to University of Florida I actually studied uh, criminology with pre-law and I just bought last week been studying to take the LSAT this has put a fire in me that I don't want this to happen to anybody ever again. And so be it. I'm going to try to go back to law school. And that's amazing. You know, you've turned a tragedy and an injustice into motivation to study justice and to make sure that this tragedy does not help and happen to anybody else. 
absolutely. And there's always a, a reason for something happening. Yeah. And I guess this is my calling and my reason for it. So your, your trial's in August and you have some more hearings coming up in between then. Correct. Um, how as Americans can we help you? Well, I got, uh, just like many others, I have a gives and go. Uh, my gives and go is very simple. It's just a CPT, Gabriel Garcia. If you can also please help those that are about to go to trial first and especially those guys that run low in commissary that are locked up right now. Uh, they need it more than, than me and some of us that are released right now. No, and, and that's extremely commendable. Um, you know, folks, any way that you can help out any J6er um, is deeply appreciated. And Captain Gabriel has spent his life serving this nation and still continues to do so today with true humility and complete selflessness into looking out for others. I mean, even here where I said, how can we help you? He just said, well, help everyone else that needs it more. Um, but if you can find it in your heart, please reach out to his givesendgo.com forward slash Captain C-A-P-T Gabriel Garcia. And if you have trouble finding it on the Give, Send, Go site, you can also find his Give, Send, Go on my website of sing the number four freedom.us. It's an alphabetical order by last name, so slide down to the G's and help out this true American hero that is facing Uncle Sam head on saying, screw you sucker, this is our country, let our men and women go and bring back our justice system to the true glory in which it is intended. Absolutely. Um, well said. If you, could, if you could give a message to your fellow J6ers out there that are listening to this, what would it be? Uh, stay positive. I know uh, it seems like there's going to be worse days coming up ahead. But I always say, and there's always light at the end of the tum tunnel. This will come to an end soon. And we'll continue to fight together. Uh, you, you can rely on me on my chat or just reach out to me or reach out to someone um, you're feeling down I think it's great that they did that uh, J6 hotline um, there's no need to to put an end to your life for this for example and just continue to fight and strive and move forward and to those that can't donate or help out in the fight there's one way you could help uh, also saying prayers is great but maybe talking to a neighbor or somebody that's not too aware of what uh happen on J6 or what some of these guys are going through and share that information as well as uh, writing letters to to the guys that are right now locked up. I know that means a lot to them. That's it. You hit the nail on the head. Tell your neighbors what's going on. Tell God what's going on in your heart and ask him to help. Yep. And also, if you're in this fight, um, it becomes a little overwhelming. The hotline that you had mentioned is 833-SAVED uh, J6. That's 833-S-A-V-E-D-J and the number 6. Because we've already had eight suicides because of the overwhelming pressure that the federal government is putting on regular Americans. And we don't need any more. Are completely heartbroken by the ones that have fallen by the wayside with, with this pressure. And it is not worth it. We're all in this together. We're all here for you. And if any person involved in January 6th is listening to this, that you don't know how to 
get in touch with the groups that we mentioned of Patriot Mail Project so that you can get letters and be shown support from other Americans or uh, therealj6.com and, and, you know, for Ashley and, and the different groups that we hear on this show mentioned quite often. You can also just reach out to me in email and I will be happy to point you in the right direction. I answer questions and, you know, say prayers and, and give words of encouragement and kind of give any sort of assistance that I can just shoot me an email at info at sing the number four freedom.us. So info at sing for freedom.us. I'm a fellow J sixer and I'm here for you just like captain Gabriel Garcia is because it's up to we, the people that's the only pronouns that are going to save this nation. We, the people. Amen. Right on. Well, before we wrap this up, do you have anything that you would like to share with our audience? What would you like to say to America? It's it's triumph. Sad times we're going through. Uh, remain strong. Uh, keep your faith in God, and continue to to live the way you lived in the past years. Uh, before all this started happening, don't give up on on your children at the schools. Don't give up in your church. Don't give up in in America as a society, because I think we're built to get past this and be better as a whole nation. And and I know we're very deeply divided, but at the end of the day, people got to come and think, uh, well, what can we do if we actually unite? And I'm not talking about the crazy extreme left, um, talking about as a country, whether that's economically helping neighbors. Uh, for example, when the hurricane hit here in Florida, I didn't even bother went straight with a couple of friends spent about a thousand dollars worth of supplies and drove it over to the west coast and we didn't ask if you're liberal or what's your background or any of that uh, we need to continue to fight and unite for a better country like it was now you're speaking about uh hurricane ian correct you know um i'm sure my audience has heard me mention this before but uh a J6er by the name of Trennis Evans got in touch with um, the wife of Ted Nugent, who then shared his story in the story of the J6ers with Ted Nugent. And when he did his hurricane relief concert in uh, Florida for Hurricane Ian, uh, raising money for the victims and the relief funds, he actually dedicated a national anthem to the J6ers. And uh, he had some pretty colorful commentary about the the people in dc and how they're treating americans and then um in the only way that that the nuge can jammed out the most beautiful national anthem on the guitar and uh it was truly a a wonderful tribute to sing for freedom and for the travesty that the j6ers are suffering and uh it it was just great and there's going to be several other artists and musicians and uh celebrities that are on our side politically that are going to help highlight sing for freedom and to bring awareness to what is going on because music affects people's emotions and it hits right at the heart and it's something that people can remember nobody's going to walk down the street bebop into a speech that matt gates gives but they will definitely be walking down the street and singing a tune in their heart and in their mind and if that tune can bring awareness to what is going on and something that we need to fix as a nation it's definitely pretty effective and so i was 
truly just ecstatic to see uh, Ted Nugent step forward as the true patriot that he is and bring awareness to the suffering that you, myself, and many other Americans, over a thousand now, are suffering because of the just pure tyrannical um, overpowerment and overreach that the government has been doing on us. And possibly another thousand more coming soon from what this Department of Justice announced a couple of weeks ago. That, as you know, they arrest probably two or three every week and ramping up more and more as they arrested another grandma. And yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, they I haven't looked at the numbers for March, but I know in February they arrested 33 more people. Correct. So that that's more than one a day. And yeah. still, they're just going to keep coming. Still coming. And I don't know if they're still doing the same tactic where breaking down doors and pointing uh, weapons right at you, long barrels with lasers right at your chest while your kids are screaming. Um, I don't know if that's still going on, but if it is, then it's very sickening because I'm still waiting for BLM or Antifa to be arrested in the same manner, which I haven't heard anything of that happening. And I doubt it will because politicians sit on the street corner screaming for America to raise bail money and to talk to judges to let them get off scot-free. And that's pretty much been the narrative. You know, if you want to destroy this nation, you're touted as a hero. But if you believe in American values, you're the enemy now. And the Bible tells us about that. If it's good, it's called evil and evil is called good. I think that's the times that we're in. I agree. It's very sickening and... We have to step up, take our country back. Once again, I'm not saying through violence, but go to grassroots, uh, get out there, talk to neighbors, uh, talk about the injustice that's going on, uh, wake up some of these people. I know Tucker did a good sentiment with putting out the video for the shaman, uh, even though he didn't put out more after that. I think he got hit up and told, tone it down. But he opened, I'm sure, a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, and a lot of politicians are taking credit for the fact that uh, Jacob Chansley, uh, the QAnon shaman, got moved from the prison to a halfway house. But what a lot of folks might not know is that it had nothing to do with Tucker's release of the video. It had nothing to do with any politician. It was already scheduled that he was going to move to the halfway house because he had committed, uh, completed his time. That's correct. Uh, within the actual prison itself. So I think it's great that they have released some of the footage to Tucker, but my audience knows I say this quite often. Tucker's not special. If he can have it, then the rest of us should have it too. I agree. All of America needs to see it for themselves and let them be the the jurors of what happened that day for themselves without no commentary. And like I said, I love Tucker, but at the end of the day, this is the video footage paid by the taxpayers. The cameras are paid by taxpayers. That house is paid by taxpayers, and we have the right to that footage. Amen to that, brother. Well, I cannot thank you enough, uh, Captain Garcia, for coming on here. We certainly appreciate everything that you've been doing in this fight, and our our hearts and prayers are out for you in what you're doing for your own case. And the fact that you selflessly think about every other j sister in every step that you make is just a true testament of your love of nation, your service to your fellow citizens, and your story is gonna go down in history. And we absolutely wish you the best when you go to trial. 
thank you. Same uh, with you. And just because I go to trial or go away, I'm still going to be around and help as much as I can into that last person, just like we say in the military, to everyone comes home and comes home to their families where they belong. Amen. You know, they might bury me under the prison, but my voice will echo in the halls and haunt every single person that wants to destroy our nation. Yes, I love that uh, saying. Every commie will still be trembling. <laughs> Amen. Hey, fam, you want to help keep this podcast going and support this endeavor of being an obnoxious prick to those that want to enslave us? Then check out mammothnation.com and use the 30% discount code of FREEDOMJ6. Mammothnation.com is a shopping market online that is a frontline competitor to Amazon. They do not help any of the companies that are pushing China into the forefront. They stay away from leftist causes. They vet all of the producers and um, merchants on their site for veteran-owned companies and companies that are friendly to our patriot movement. So go to mammothnation.com and snub your nose at Amazon. Use the discount code of FREEDOMJ6 and get 30% off. You can also get a sweet deal with makehoneygreatagain.com. Promo code FREEDOM. That way they know who sent you. Get a one pound raw bottle that looks like Donald Trump, which is hilarious. And honey is just amazing. So promo code FREEDOM. MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. And if you're looking for merch, go to P2P Printing. That's the letter P, the number two, the letter P, printing.com and forward slash Pionon. You can get all the Sing for Freedom gear that your heart desires. And it is going to help make patriotism sexy again. P2Pprinting.com slash Pionon. After we wrapped up the interview, uh, Captain Gabriel and I spoke for a few seconds longer and he brought forward a point that I think you all should know. So I have included an extra bonus clip. So I had Facebook and then I officially got banned. I didn't use it too much anyways. That's why I wasn't banned. But I got banned on Twitter years ago. I've been banned pretty much anything you say. Another thing we didn't even talk about was, uh, for example, Chase Bank account, close my account, Airbnb, Uber. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous whatever happened to innocent and to proven guilty, even by these corporations. As you can tell, this is an uphill battle. But this is something that many of us are used to in life, having to struggle uphill. And more literally, veterans, there's a term called take the hill that veterans understand pretty well. And this is a battle for the hearts, minds, and ideology of our nation. And I can't help but think about how ironic it is that the Brandon administration says they are trying to take the soul of our country. He mentions the soul of our nation quite a bit because this uphill battle is a spiritual one. But on the bright side, 
the Brandon administration ain't got nothing on we the people because we're Americans and it's going to stay that way. Until next time. Hey!